Hello, loves, and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Mack, and as always, it is such a joy, a delight, and an honor to be gathered with you in this virtual space that we're sharing. Thank you so much for being here. I just want to start the podcast by offering a lot of love and acknowledgement to the nervous system's hearts of all the folks listening to this. If you um, are still feeling rattled and deeply affected by the attempted coup by insurrectionists, white supremacists that took place in the United States on the Capitol building, um, I it is not only utterly and completely understandable, but in fact normal to have such a strong or um, overwhelmed response to such a violating event. Um, The ripple effects from it are imbued with injustice and rage and um, the absolute need um, for accountability, for accounting of harms, to name a few, (laughs) like demands and needs. Um, And just really wanted to name first and foremost that if you're feeling tender, touchy, exhausted, enraged, all of the feelings, they're all valid and I am with you in them and witnessing you in them. And I hope that in the best way that you're able, um, that you can really nourish and honor your body and your nervous systems as best as you can. I think sometimes when we talk about like nourishing the body, we immediately go to a particular kind of action or food or whatever. I just mean like nourish in whatever way, like actually nourishes you. Um, that is inclusive of, of anything that is really, um, uh, again, deeply offers that kind of, of bone level nourishment of soul level nourishment. So just, uh, naming that, um, and kind of in light of that, uh, in light of what's going on, um, collectively, politically, um, kind of across the board. Um, we're deepening our conversations around tarot connections today and looking at, um, you know, what we're really looking at in this series is the way that certain tarot cards make music together. Each tarot card, when it comes up, um, connects with another card, a group of cards, it creates a kind of a song. And sometimes we're not so attuned to that. It's not as easy to kind of meet that song, meet those connections at the level that they're coming at. It's really easy for the brain to be like, well, these cards don't make sense together. Then we kind of miss maybe the the beauty and the dissonance or whatever it is. Um, so this is sort of a part of um, a, a one way because, and I say one way because what we're doing in this particular series is kind of looking at the way that cards flow together that run in kind of the structured and named original order of the tarot, not original. There's many orders, but the, the order that we tend to universally look at them in. Um, and I think that's really helpful because sometimes when we look at kind of the lines of the major arcanas, or the way we flow from a two to a three to a four, maybe in the minors or from ace to, or um, rather from page to, to king, we can tend to think, oh, geez, I can't see the story. So we're just exploring a little bit of that. I feel like it's a whole nother um, 
thing to look at cards out of that order and to see like if you got the emperor reversed with the seven of swords and um you know maybe the ace of wands what kind of song would that make and that's a big part of soul tarot is like honoring and trusting that any card grouping any card pulls that we have together there is a medicine to it there is a power to it even if it doesn't quote look like it makes sense. There's always something to be gained, even if it bounces you over to the next thing. So the cards that we're going to be exploring this week are Hierophant, Lovers, and The Chariot. The reason that I mentioned that it was sort of inspired a bit by what I'm really witnessing, a lot of what we're seeing right now in the first week and a half of 2021 is enormously potent examples of Hierophant work. The Hierophant is all about investigation of source. Who is your source? What is your source? What are you listening to? What are you, um, who are you listening to? You know, what um, source inside of yourself do you listen to? Do you tend to give a lot more credence than perhaps what is necessary to very old, outdated beliefs that maybe, um, and I want to be so, uh, I I have these too, so I don't want to in any way be um, diminishing about this. But many of us, you know, beliefs feel so true, right? We can start to believe something and we've seen a lot of evidence for how far it can carry us out of our center. So Hierophant is about a reckoning with that. It's a hard energy. If we've really been honoring, following, believing, investing in a source that does not have our highest and best good in mind, if we are not questioning that source, if we are not bringing common sense, critical thinking, the ability to see outside of what we're told, um, and sometimes we need some help and some outside sources for that, um, it can, again, lead us very far out of our center of truth. And this card always invites us, Hierophant, to deeply reflect on, again, who we're following, what we're worshiping, what we're paying attention to. Attention is a form of devotion. It is very, very powerful. What are we devoting that attention to, that preciousness to? Whose guidance and counsel do you draw from? You know, what do you draw from within yourself? Something that was told to you by somebody who didn't have your best interests at heart and it really, really stuck? You know, is does that make sense anymore to, to follow, to let guide your life? Or is it time to follow your own wise counsel? You know, any places where there is something to clean up, we're cleaning it up. And it, you know, I mentioned on the threshold, like this year, 2021 is one in a series of years that is ushering us into a new time. And I mean, new time as in different conversations, different levels of, um, really of, um, transparency of ethics of integrity. We're at choice right now. We're seeing that choice in others and ourselves It's a very powerful time, but it is a reckoning time. And we, I mean, we got into it pretty hard just a couple days after the year started. It's got Hierophant all over it. You know, sometimes when we think 
you know, oh, I'm in this year card. I, I don't know. I'm a little confused about how this is kind of showing up for me. Really, world events are a pretty powerful place to look at not what a card is, but the kind of work it invites us into. So it's very powerful. And these three cards, when they are together and they run together in the first line of the major arcana, moving from Hierophant to Lovers to Chariot is essentially... um, it's like a, a trio of, of, it's like a little trio chorus kind of a thing that involves a, a ripple effect um, that is rooted in a very similar intention and invitation, radical self-choosing. And when I say radical self-choosing, I don't mean we're pushing away connectedness, community, when we're choosing ourselves, um, we're not betraying ourselves. We're not brushing ourselves away. We're not saying yes to something when we really mean no. Um, so we've all done that. We've all we've we all do that. Like let's let's like again take the hierarchy completely off the table. There isn't any one person who's just done with that. And it's not to say that if you're listening to this being like, I have done my work on this. I am done on that. I believe you. And I, I look to you as my teacher because I, you know, I think um, there's nothing that I'm not still learning, at least for myself on this path. Um, I'm very comfortable with being both teacher and student in this lifetime, you know. Um, but I do think there are definitely things that I feel like I've definitely been offered a chance to <laughs> master, you know, in, in the hardest ways. And um, Hierophant is ultimately, it has nothing to do with following another person. It has to do with choosing ourselves. And to do that, involves a breakdown of where we seek comfort, where we want others to tell us what to do, because it takes us out of the discomfort, out of the void, out of the terror of us not knowing what the fuck we're doing. And by the way, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. You know, you can be so, I mean, really, the best thing that can happen is that you have such a strong relationship with source and um, your loved ones and, and, um, all those who, who care about you. But I mean, we're, it's, it's every moment gives birth to the next. Like there, we're seeing that especially now time is, I was just reading, um, Oh goodness. I'll link to it in the show notes, but that the, uh, earth is actually turning at a faster rotation than it ever has to the point where they're thinking that they actually may need to shift the clocks. I mean, we're talking microseconds, but very unusual. And there is a lot happening right now in terms of time. We can feel that it's never been more spiralic. Things have also never been more possible. We're starting to also see that. And what Hierophant teaches us is that this isn't like we lean back and just let fate take over. This is about choice, like choice and presence and consideration and care for all beings. We're just coming into a much more powerful and important place of of personal responsibility with that and looking at how that affects other people. 
So Hierophant, it's very intense. Like it just is. And it's really important. It'll give you your whole life to go through Hierophant work. We spend our whole lives trying to make our parents proud of us, trying to get someone to love us, to choose us. And we're just looking for ourselves. And Hierophant, um, when we are willing to work with it in that way, because that's when shit gets really uncomfortable. There's a shallow top to Hierophant work where we think like, oh, this is just, this person knows the way. I'm going to follow them. It's not true. It's a really lazy form of tarot interpretation that has been influenced by patriarchal structure. It's never been true and it's time to do away with it. What is possible in this card is something so much more stimulating, rewarding, and also extremely intense and uncomfortable, which is that it invites us to unpack and process and clear everything that separates us, all the locks on the doors that we have, that maybe have been put on our door that we keep locking because we think, well, this person knows something I don't. Now, the beauty of Hierophant stuff is that it can yield us to do, like to take really important stock of who we are following, who we are listening to, who we are spending our time with, um, whose advice or counsel we hold dear. You know, I'm very lucky to be surrounded by people who are extraordinary space holders and caretakers. And it doesn't matter how wise, how potent they are. If it's a no for me, it's a no. I'm not giving my power away to anybody and neither should you. And I don't mean to should you, <laughs> but I will, I will on this exception, you know? Um, and sometimes we need a little help to find our way out of that, right? Like I'm definitely working on that. It's a part of being gaslit so horribly as a kid, you know, and as a young adult and in my twenties and still to this day, because my own family hasn't unpacked their, their experience of being abused as well. They can't do better for me than they've done for themselves yet. So it's very, it's, it's big and we don't need to like clear it all, get it all out. But when we drop into these possibilities with Hierophant, if we're willing to say, whoa, I'm willing, I'm willing to take this blindfold off. I'm willing to say yes. It then clicks us over into lovers that has to do with following up, going the second step and bringing back, integrating within ourselves, calling back in all of the things that we've placed on other people, all of the ways that we try to get love, all the ways that we tend to romanticize, to give someone else power and beauty and believing that um, somehow someone else is our source for love too. And lovers is about saying, nobody is my source for love but me. Other people can come, they can elevate that, they can match that. But at the end of the day, that's it. And there's choice there too. There's choice present in all of these cards. And chariot then comes in 
and takes the whole thing that we've been doing in Hierophant and in Lover's work and integrates it into a big, powerful opportunity to actually physically leave something behind, to shed something, to graduate in some way from one thing that we've been doing to the next. So all of them are about source. All of them are about trusting ourselves. All of them are about choosing ourselves. All of them are about bringing what was true, what is true back home to ourselves. Very, very important energies. Um, And these cards I think are very significant because You know, really, Hierophant is number five in the line of seven in the Major Arcana. And, we, you know, we kick into the first line of the Major Arcana with the Magician, which really shows us like when we're in alignment with spirit, with source, with our highest and best, we are these vessels that co-creation is possible. Like that's really, That's the beginning of the whole soul's journey we go on in this lifetime too, is that we're here as vessels of co-creation. What are we engaging with? What gets to spend time coming through our channel? Are we available to have things come through our channel? Like there's so much in there. You know, High Priestess then takes that and invites us to go in the inverse of it. And invites us to say, like, I want to, to bring you, to invite you into a completely, oh, there isn't even like language for it, like a radical self-guided way of connecting with intuition through being present with self. It's not an accident that high priestess, right, is ruled by the moon. The moon is in a different sign, a different phase, quote unquote, every couple of days. Um, our tides of the ocean, which the moon is in total control of, um, are different every day. Anytime that you might look up at the moon, anytime that you might go to the beach throughout the day, while the core is still the same, the core of the moon is always its own being. It's always the satellite that we look to up in the sky. The ocean isn't changing. And yet the presentation, the way that the ocean is showing up, the way that we see it, the way that we're experiencing the moon is always different. You're exactly the same way. We're not static beings. We're not linear beings ever. So High Priestess says, yes, I am a seat of deep intuition and spiritual connection And that starts with dropping out of the linear right away, expecting that you're going to be the same every day, life is going to be the same every day, that that spirit is somehow linear. Spirit is totally spiralic. So we learn that. We learn radical receiving, sometimes to an uncomfortable degree in in the uh, empress. We are invited into that the unbelievably deep and confronting reflection that the emperor offers us, like, do we feel like we have a birthright to be here? You know, what, what tells us that we don't, you know, what has told us that we don't, what are the stories, the beliefs that we can't rise up, can't stand up, can't use our voices. Right. Um, and there's a lot of energy in the in the emperor because for some folks that sense of being um, silenced is is so real and continues to be. So really, just 
looking at that, right? And then we have Hierophant. And it's very significant because it's the first card, at least in the Smith Rider Waite, that has more than one person on it. This card shows us right away we have influence. What we say matters. It's not an accident that this comes after Emperor. Emperor is the redwood. It is the sequoia. It is the sky. It is the root. It is the mountain. It is the essence, the archetype, the being in nature that takes up space without crowding anyone else out and without apologizing for it. It's essentially looking to the tree outside of your window, if you can see a tree, and seeing it as a symbol for, I have a right to be here. I don't care if my needles get all over the grass. I don't care if my berries stay in the sidewalk. I'm, I'm, I, it's my job to be a tree. It's okay. You know, it's okay. And it's not from a sense of, oh, I don't give a fuck, like the ego. This is about soul. This is about saying like, I don't give a fuck if somebody would prefer I do this. I'm hearing a yes to do that, right? Hierophant works very powerful. It's very intense. It brings us into some really deep shit. Like, who am I to do this? Is it okay if I do this? Um, who am I to take up space? I'm so nervous with people hearing me. It's root work and foundational work at, at an incredible degree. And Hierophant is what we stand on once that foundation is built. If we don't have a sense of that alignment, of that clarity, of that sense of structure within our root system, we can grab onto other people. If we're not comfortable going as deep as Emperor wants us to go, Hierophant will sometimes encourage us, invite us to say, maybe check out what other people are doing, right? So this is the first card that says, what are you communicating? Who are you? Com- who looks to you? Everybody is looked to by someone. We may feel so fucking powerless. We may feel like we influence no one. And I'm here to tell you that you do in ways that you may not even realize or think are relevant or valid. It happens, you know? It absolutely happens. And that can be inherited. If we have a parent who feels like, oh, I'm such a fuck up, I'm such a failure, I don't even want to like form a bond with my kid because I don't want to disappoint them, guess what? That kid may or may not grow up, exist in the world, and feel like, well, nobody wants me around anyway, so who cares? And I can tell you that I've known people like that. I've had my own experiences with that. It really affects people. Because they're not looking at it like, oh, she doesn't feel like she matters enough to be here. They're looking at it like, why don't I matter enough for them to show up? So we're all, we all have things that have lived in our root system that then begin to show up in the way that we respond, react, influence, speak, look to others. So it is a reckoning. It is an opportunity to say, okay. I've been in foundations for quite some time. Now, can I remember that I'm not that child that I was? That I can confront, I can look at these wounds, I can, I can remember and know that I have influence, whether I believe I do or not. 
that people are listening to me. Some of us feel like nobody fucking listens to us, right? Um, And yet it's not true. If you have children, they're listening to you. They're looking to you even more than you think they are. If you have younger siblings, if you have older siblings, like we're, our parents are looking to us, like they're our friends, our community, like it's, and people aren't looking like waiting for us to fuck up, but they're, they're listening and we're listening. And sometimes we can get so far out of our center that we think, well, geez, I'm so lost and I don't know what the fuck is going on. So maybe this person does, Right. Hierophant is also about personal responsibility. It is about acknowledging that sometimes we're so out of our center that we can really be believing things. You know, we've been told things to the degree that we really start to believe it. We, st- we, we forget because beliefs feel so true um, to investigate it. We forget to really tune in. We forget to say, oh, wow, you know, is this in highest and best for me to be engaging with. Is this true? You know, we can get so in autopilot that we forget to even practice that, to even consider it. And I mean, if you're feeling like, oh God, I do this. Oh, I, oh geez. You know, this wouldn't be a card in the tarot if it wasn't a universal theme that we were all meant to look at and work with around this idea. So again, this is about unpacking beliefs. This is about looking at who we look to, who looks to us. This is about acknowledging um, and really reflecting for ourselves, committing to ourselves, you know, who is my source? What within myself feels like my main source? I have impulses, voices, like um, invitations that come from all kinds of different places within myself, thought forms and brain chemistry and um you know, born of whatever, um, that it's not always in my highest and best. Sometimes I can catch it and sometimes I can't. And it's really a question of just getting into the habit of considering if we're able to do that and just asking, you know, okay, is that really, would that really serve me? Right. It's work that we do over a lifetime. It's hard to put into practice, But Hierophant is our first invitation into reclaiming our personal responsibility, our integrity, aligned leadership, aligned leadership. And it starts with, again, unpacking what we've been believing. What were your, what are you, what were you told about yourself at a young age? What has society told you, tried to tell you? about yourself? These are really big questions and yet they can be in and of themselves quite neutral. There can be many that you can ask yourself, what do you believe? Do you believe, you know, and our beliefs can be so multifaceted, so varied. They can be big. It can be small. It can be like a pebble in your shoe, something very, very small and yet very present. And Hierophant says, it again is this big, big invitation to reckon with that and to say, you know, I am willing, I am available, I am here to come into my own, to be my own gatekeeper. Yes, absolutely, to be open to the counsel of others 
And when that counsel doesn't align with me, to follow my own instinct, you know, to do my own research, to educate myself, um, whatever we might call it, and then actually do that, you know? So why does this lead us into lovers? Like, what is the connection there? So Hierophant is ruled by Taurus, and Taurus is the bull. And bulls can be so gentle. They're very fixed creatures, and Taurus is fixed earth. So we can either go from not even being movable to like once we're going, it's hard to stop, you know, Taurus energy. The key with the medicine of Taurus, what we learn in this energy, is to embrace the experience of discomfort, to understand that we're not going for fixed necessarily. We're going for depth. We're going for devotion, but we're not going for complacency. We're not going for uh, fragility. We're not going for um, comfort, again, for comfort's sake, for relief's sake. We're going for learning, for investigation, for curiosity, for openness. Um, There's a lot of kind of deep work that can really be done there when we consider the idea that Taurus really wants to stay steady and the Hierophant doesn't really, doesn't, it does invite us to embody the center within ourselves to be the center, to hold kind of both of those experiences. Like where, what, what guidance are we getting kind of in the heart and the soul? Does that, uh, is that creating some dissonance, some some conflict with what's the preferences of the ego, of the mind? We're always checking in about that. Always, always, always checking in. And we are that center point. But sometimes we really want to rest in one place or another. And we can forget that the whole deal is to really be reflecting and moving fluid, always. So we're going for that kind of energy And then we move into mutable air in Gemini, which rules the lover's card. So Hierophant is absolutely a card of choice um, about reclaiming our yes, reclaiming our power, calling back the power that we've given away, the autonomy, calling back our wisdom, our intuition, and um, clearing and, and processing the old beliefs that may have lived within us for a really long time, may have um, influenced our actions and may not have ever been true for us. So um, again, there's big reckoning, there's big work in that. And when we flip over into lovers, we're taking that core theme of reclaiming, of calling back to ourselves what we've sort of um, lost or given away And we're centering it around love and we're centering it around beauty. Um, Lovers is a very, very complex invitation. Easy enough to describe, funny to clue into. Um, And that is such a deep testament to its rulership by Gemini that there's such complexity and such richness to Gemini energy, to mutable air in general. Um, 
to kind of the mercurial magic of that sign and that energy. With the lovers, we're talking about connection. And we're talking about what is possible when we are open to deep intimacy and connection with any being, any any part of nature, any aspect of ourselves or of life in general. And we're not giving all the power away to the other person, source, place, or thing. If we're believing that a particular opportunity, job, title, whatever, is going to make us, that's lover's work. And the medicine that we may do in that is to say, I am already good enough. I have always been good enough. And I honor that, of course, my ego, my heart, I desire this other external piece to come in and amplify. And when we're making that job opportunity, that title, that that check mark on the kind of larger list of our life, our source, when we're believing, even if it's a teeny little bit, this thing will make me, it will define me, it will give me something that I don't already have. That is when we get into some lover's work (laughs) and lovers will come in and it will say, Hey, this can't give you anything you don't already have. You already got it. Whether this job, whether this title, this job opportunity is meant for you or not, it can't give you anything and it can't take anything away. We do this with people all the time. We believe that if somebody chooses us, loves us, is friends with us, returns our call, holds us, um, cherishes us, touches us this way, um, chooses us, that we will be chosen with a capital C. And it's not true. It's not in any way, shape, or form to um, (laughs) diminish human connection and the power of being chosen and loved and cherished. Um, But even if we're given all the choices, even if somebody offers us all the love, all the validation, it's so cliched. And I know it's probably very annoying to a lot of folks until you're giving it to yourself. It can't even go as far. You're really the only, I mean, we can absolutely be open, be desirous of, of that kind of energy, that connection with friends, with a, with a group, with, you know, whatever. But until we're offering it to ourselves, and especially if we're believing, oh, this person works with me, chooses to, you know, desires to date me too, desires to be friends with me, I will be chosen with a capital C. That's when we have lover's work to do. It's not so much that the want and the desire to be friends, to date someone, to want to collaborate with someone is a problem. It's great if we're making the other person our source, then it's something we have to adjust. You know, in therapeutic relationships, we may call this a kind of a transference where we really believe, you know, that um, somebody can give us, again, 
know, we, we work out some of our biggest issues, um, with therapists through transference where, you know, we feel all kinds of feelings that are projected onto our therapist that, um, we're really feeling about others that really allow us to go deeper with ourselves. And we can do this in, we do this in relationships all the time. We only need to look back and think like, holy shit, why the fuck did I spend so much time on this like person that I didn't even like that much, but underneath it, it may have been that some part of you, and it's not like I'm psychoanalyzing, but I think we do this, that we want them to choose us. It doesn't even have to do with the other person or we're lonely or there's some part of us that gets triggered off maybe when we were children that says, well, if this person chooses me, I'll really be special. And again, we do this with lover's energy all the time. If I only lived here, oh, how I wish I could be there. It has to do, it's a kind of an infinity looping that that starts on the outside by inviting us to explore where we're giving some power away to an external um, aspect of our lives. And it's different from Hierophant because it has to do with what kind of love and beauty and longing we are subscribing or ascribing to something outside of us that's actually a mirror for us. It's easier to see the beauty in others than to acknowledge it in ourselves. Most of us feel that way, right? It is, we may be a lot more comfortable, uh, by the way, some of this, this is so fucking real, but if we're in a place that we kind of, if we are lucky enough, privileged enough, to live somewhere that lights us up is beautiful. We can tend to start being like, oh, I wish I was here, right? It's not even that hard. to, And then we can think about that. We can think like, what's there? What do I believe would be there that I can't have here? And sometimes that's really real. Sometimes we have family just dying to see them. That's not lover's work. Lover's work is when there's nothing there. <laughs> but the idea of there being something there, but we're tending to give power agency presence away. And we want to collect that back and infuse it back into ourselves. There's a lot of dead energy that can come up in lover's card work. Um, and I don't want to make it all about, cause it really doesn't have anything to do with like relationships or a lover. Um, if you are wanting to be covered in some kind of press opportunity, that can be lovers too. If you're believing, this defines me if I get it or I don't get it, right? So that's really important. Anytime we're believing that something outside of ourselves is defining a part of us that wouldn't be there without the external, that's when we do lovers work. There is nothing Nothing, nothing external that can impact, validate your, like ultimately your, your destiny, we might say, but there's nothing you need outside of yourself that cannot be given. Like you are, you're it. Now other people can come and amplify that. We can see us, can love us, you know, but 
unless we are, if we're believing, oh, this person is it. Like without what this person is giving me, I would have nothing. That kind of clinginess, that grippiness, that's where that that's where really dead energy that can collect. And a lot of folks, um, it can keep us in situations, relationships, infatuations a lot longer. It can keep us chasing things that we don't even fucking want. And it can just keep us looping and looping and looping. How we break free, what's possible in the liberation of the lovers and where it kind of steps up and and expands us even further from Hierophant is that with Hierophant, we're touching into the core connective tissue of our, our truth, like the truth of our knowing, our intuition, like that gut knowing, being able to feel into like, oh, this is where the tidal pull kind of sweeps me in this direction. This is what I was told as a kid. Like this is, I'm noticing the old outdated beliefs and they're, again, they're kind of tidal pull on me, but I'm also aware of what's right and and good for me. And knowing that that's always changing, like time is so flexible. But lovers takes it further and goes, can you look at where you have made someone else your source for love, where you've made something else your source for happiness, where you've made, and again, it can be anything, but it has to do with external pieces. It takes this core idea idea in Hierophant, which does connect with the idea of kind of like, who do we look to within ourselves, outside of ourselves, and then says, where do we give our love away? Where do we give our beauty away? Where are we uncomfortable integrating the beauty of another and the beauty in ourselves? Where can we honor and celebrate but stay very loose, not get too attached, really stay in that center? What might be possible with that, right? So there's a lot in here about making something external a defining factor. And the lover says, it's time to recenter that and draw that back into yourself. It's time to shine that light on yourself. It's time to look in the mirror and see what might be possible. And I've done a lot of lovers work in my time. And actually, ironically, I find that if it had has had anything to do with me um, around another person, It typically has to do with someone that um, I'm believing, you know, has so much more impact in my life than they do because it's actually not about the person. It's about whatever the person tends to represent, you know. Um, So there's something really powerful and again, very complex in here that does take, I think, a lifetime to unpack that really has to do with like in Hierophant, like where is your center? Where's your source of wisdom? And can you differentiate that from what's been done, what you should do, what you're told to do, what another person is inviting you to do, you know, just that influence and, and really have be rooted in your own critical thinking, your own wisdom. And lover says, where have you given this away? Both of them ask that, where have you given your power away? And where have you given your love away? Where are you waiting for someone else to give you something? Might that 
impact the way that you walk forward. You know, so with Hierophant, there's a choice there. Are we going to look to other people to tell us what to do? Because we don't want to deal with kind of the intensity and the the kind of discomfort that comes with that kind of um, investigation, the kind of internal investigation. And Lover says, is absolutely offers us a choice. Are we going to continue to place on others, on situations, on things, on opportunities, on titles, something that they have no right to bear, which is a completion in some way of you? Nobody can give you that. Nothing can give you that. And it can be, again, work, we sort of unravel really slowly over years, over really a lifetime. And we have often different figures in our lives from here to there that come up to really amplify that. And how does that lead us into chariot? So chariot is ruled by cancer, which rules the moon. So we're talking about, again, that kind of lunar connection, that opportunity to show up to the complexity, the potency of this more kind of lunar rhythm. We're also talking about the energy of the crab. So crab is the ruling animal of cancer. And crabs have this sort of parter shell and this really tender um, flesh inside of that shell. And um, we're talking about layers with cancer always. We may not ever necessarily get to the heart of the crab in the energy of cancer. And when we reflect on that in the energy of ourselves, um, but like the falling and the rising of the moon, like the, like the shedding, like the rebirth that comes at every new moon, um, like the big harvest energy that comes with every full moon, um, with every phase of the moon, bringing their own medicine, um, this energy reminds us that there is a kind of a perpetual evolving, graduating, shedding and leaving behind of things that no longer serve us. That there are times in life when we have to look at, review the larger trappings of our lives, the chariots of our lives, the crab shells of our lives, where we are tasked with asking ourselves, is this vehicle, is this relationship, situation, way that I'm living my life actually helping me to traverse the roads of my life? Does it match what I really want? Have I outgrown it? Can I thank this chariot? Can I thank this crab shell? Can I thank this part of me that Typically with chariot, we have something that like looks really good. It like looks like it's working. But when we look at it a little bit more closely, there's a lot left to be desired. <laughs> there's a lot to be desired in there. Um, it can't really take you very far. It's exactly like baby teeth. Lovely and perfect and beautiful and necessitous, not permanent. Can't take you the long haul can't take you to adult chewing for the most part. I would say not. Um, we're meant to lose them. The chariot speaks of that. We're meant to leave some things behind. Certain things aren't meant to come with us all the way to the end of our line. Um, and in fact, 
one of the most important things about deepening into our soul work, as we might call it, like our deep, evolved, centered, aligned work on this planet personally, um, is to go through occasional chariot experiences to say like, whoa, this person, this relationship, this collaborator, this partner, oh my God, they, they were so important. And now I feel I've outgrown them a bit. Um, evidence is showing this, you know, what, whatever it is, or there's another person that I'm realizing, whoa, really, um, reflects to me what it is that I'm wanting, which is this, right? So we take the work we've done in Hierophant, which is the hard and necessary work of, um, coming into our own integrity, again, um, reflecting on who and what we're kind of following, worshiping, listening to within ourselves and outside of ourselves. The lovers invites us to investigate where we place undue potentially importance on outside sources, um, where we give, again, our love away, our beauty away, where it's more comfortable for us to place it on someone else to believe that someone else or something else can give and complete us in some way. And really what that card asks us to do, the hard and necessary work of the lovers is to look in the mirror and reclaim what's always been yours. And sometimes that comes with a lot of grief and a lot of pissed off feelings and, and kind of anger that we can't quote unquote, um, have the thing that we're so desiring or have to have it in a different way or whatever it is. Um, and it's really, again, all part of the medicine to thank that person, that reflection, that mirror image of and sometimes spirit can put folks in our path that reflect some part of us back to ourselves that is so beautiful and we're not able to see it, but we can see it through this person. We can see it through this thing. There's mirrors all around us. Waking up to that is what we do in lover's work. And again, it's deep, complex, nonlinear work that takes place over our life. Now, what can happen if we start to do all of that kind of internal evolutionary work is that it starts to set, to set the stage up for us to shed and clear and be complete with certain things in our lives. The chariot is always a symbol of a graduation of some kind, a, a setting off from where we've been to where we're going. It kicks off the integration moving from line one to line two of the major arcana and represents a moment when we're asked to really acknowledge, like, whoa, this thing served me for such a long time. I can't get out of this chariot. You know, everything that's collected in the chariot is all a part of what we're talking about with Hierophant and lovers and even the cards that come before it. It's everything that we learn, all the treasures that we keep stay with us. Like what we're meant to keep will come. It's all the stuff that has served us up to this point, gotten us here and now in order to keep going, we have to leave that particular chariot behind in order to walk, um, in order to run, in order to meet the moments that life is putting in front of us. 
So it's a very, very powerful shedding and completion cycle and can really only happen if we have called back home to ourselves the things that we continue to give away because we're uncomfortable standing in our power. We don't want to get it wrong. Um, We don't want to be lonely. You know, where we are kind of lovers and, and hierophant to me are, are pretty imbued with its belief work. You know, it's really, it's really kind of undoing some of the foundational stuff that can get caught in us from our formative ages. It, it really does invite us to unpack these things. And I don't care what age you are, we all have those things where we have put something on another person that is so overblown, so inappropriate, so not even like problematic, inappropriate. Like we've all had that friend and maybe we've all been that person that's just like, oh my God, this person is everything to me. And everyone around you is like, that person is like not all that. And um, again, that's a big part of, of lover's work. So, um, and, you know, making lovers all about, um, a lot about people. And I want to kind of go back to like the job title, like the opportunity, the quote unquote thing. Um, anytime I do stuff about like, oh, geez, why haven't I gotten, like, why hasn't a book happened for me yet? I always pull lovers on that (laughs) because I mean, I have nothing like, I'm so excited and happy for so many of my, my buddies, my colleagues, folks that I'm, I'm friends with who are in adjacent fields and even outside of my field who, um, have book deals, have written books. Like, I think that's extraordinary, but every time I, I go through my own, like, weirdness about it for myself, um, I always pull lovers for it because spirit is essentially like, yeah, you can completely celebrate these folks and their accomplishments, but like, what do you think that's going to give you? Like, what do you, what, what is your story? What is your belief about that? What are you, what are you again, kind of believing a book is going to give you that cannot come from the medicine and the offerings and the way they're being shaped are coming through you now. Like what would be different about a book versus a course? Why do you feel like that one is better than the other? And that always leads me into some really important, rich, uncomfortable places where I'm like, oh, wow, I do have a lot of beliefs about this or that. Or I believe if I had a book deal, it would mean this or, and like, I just share that openly. Cause I think like, we all feel those things. So why not? <laughs> why not? We all have them in some area. Why not just name them and be really honest about it that, um, we've all got those places. So lovers is not relegated to just romantic stuff or even human relationships, but it can show up there a lot, a lot, a lot. And What happens when we move into lover's work is that it actually, when we can clear out, like looking for somebody who's not really in alignment to give us something that really only we can give ourselves, or we're sort of missing something that we're redirecting onto someone else, when we can aim that flow of love and beauty onto ourselves, I mean, it's big. And it can actually yield to much more aligned opportunities and relationships. So it's a very powerful kind of, again, infinity loop that starts outside of ourselves, moves inside, and then moves back outside. 
And that's why we end up in chariot reflecting on this part of ourselves that is essentially the crab shell, like the protective part, the part that has guided us over the terrains of our lives. Like what, what have we been ensconced in and what are we ready to be free of? What is kind of the old shoe, the baby teeth? Like, like what is the, what is it that no longer fits? If you're clearing out old beliefs that don't serve, if you're reckoning with ways that you've given your power away and bringing them back into yourselves, if relationships and ways that you have, um, redirected some of that love, that, that potency to others, if you're bringing that back into yourself, it is going to naturally change the way you show up in the world. And the chariot is a lot about that. It's not really a symbol of like victory and luck and whatever. It really is like, it's an opportunity to deeply shed to deeply reflect, to mourn something, to celebrate it, to thank it, to recognize that eventually we'll leave these bodies in the exact same way. Nothing in this life is permanent. But these three cards together show us what is possible when we start to choose ourselves. Show us what is possible when we call back inside of ourselves the things we've given away and Hierophant lovers work is so intense. Sometimes we don't even realize we've done it. Sometimes it's just a question of like, oh yeah, like I'm just kind of going about this thing. And then the more we reflect on it, the more we realize, holy shit, I have like given away these parts of myself. And there can be a lot of grief there, but it can open up the portal for incredible amends to be made to ourselves and to others. You know, we can, we can wake up in some cases. We can try again in some cases. We can take responsibility if needed. But with the chariot, we get to have a culmination of all of these lessons and leave behind what got us this far but won't serve us going forward. And from there, everything can change. Once we have that moment, where we make that co-creative decision to step out of the chariot and walk forward into the forest of the second line of the major arcana, we're not doing so looking for anybody else to make us or break us. There's no more of that in the rest of the tarot. There's no other opportunity except really in the devil card. And that's kind of the, the last sort of breaking from that. And it's really just... I believe most of the time um, about relationships with ourselves, we never really deal with what it is again to give power away. Like we have reclaimed something in these three cards. For the rest of our experience, it's really about going into the cocoon and letting what does not serve our real highest expansion to be cleared in order for us to kind of emerge with wings so that we can really, truly fly and be who we came here to fucking be. And absolutely, in the devil, we're going to confront, like, what are the stories? What are the old pockets of shame that have to be cleared before I can go for forward? And even that is different than hierophant work. But it's um, not really possible without doing hierophant work first. 
this is really kind of what we're being called to look at. And this is what, you know, speaking about um, 2021 is kind of a series of years. These are our next three years. Because next year, 2022, we're going to be in the lovers. And in 2023, we will be in the chariot. So this is a powerful thing to meditate on because we don't just work with one card. We work with many, you know, we work with all kinds of different units. And typically when we're in one, you know, when we were in emperor in 2020, we were, I felt the Hierophant in April. I was like, whoa, the like ripple of this is so strong. Like it's, it's here. And I felt the card that we were in in 2019, which was, um, hanged one or tethered one and, uh, Empress. So I invite you to reflect on this and see what comes up for you. Where do you find yourself in these cards? Where are you seeing them show up in the world around you and life around you? Um, and if you don't understand some of them, just hang out with it. You know, see if other folks have put it, put some of these cards in ways that make more sense to you. That's always not just possible, but inevitable, <laughs> you know, um, sometimes like I can read what any person has said about any card and I, it just doesn't click for me until like it clicks for me. That's part of the beauty and the delight of having a relationship with a tarot practice. So sometimes it's like a couple, it's a little bit before a card like really clicks in um, but when it does, it's amazing. So no worries if you're like, I get it, but I don't get it. Um, just hang out with that feeling because it will only spur you on to create even deeper bonds with these cards. Um, but yeah, I encourage you to um, be awakened to the cards here that are, are really working with all of us right now and to be really available and open to connect with how they're showing up in your lives right now definitely showing up in mine. I'm seeing them show up in all kinds of different ways with other folks um, in the world and historical events right now. So um, yeah, I wonder if, uh, I wonder what will come up for you when you start to meditate on how these three cards have shown up in your life, do show up in your life and what they may be uh, communicating to you. So I am wishing you all the love, all the care, all the nurturance, wild souls, everything you could possibly ever want or need. May you receive it, especially um, this week in terms of self-care. Just be so gentle. But really, that's going to be a pretty regular thing for the rest of the year into 2022. Um, and really, even when things are a little bit less chaotic and intense in the world, um, I'll probably still say it because you deserve support and care and love no matter what is going on. So thank you for listening to this. Um, and yeah, I'm loving on you so much. And uh, I don't really have anything else to share right now in terms of updates. Still clicking away on the website rebrand that looks like it's going to be launching a little bit closer to late February versus like next week. Um, but it's all like so good. It's like, again, such wildness and beauty with the the, the time bendability and like things changing. And it's, it's such a, it's a very interesting time, uh, certainly to be on the planet. Um, 
but yeah, I'm so excited to share that with all of you. We're, we're working on our first course of the year of many, um, just so many things in store. I'm so excited to, to drop into them with you. Um, so yeah, just loving all of you wild souls. And until we meet again, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.